Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Anthony Morantliata Show, the premier New Jersey-based politics podcast. Many of you who watch me are probably wondering how can they get involved, and most political movements are power, powered by young people um, who just want change or just they just want to benefit their community. And there are a lot of people who want to see things get better, and that will be the topic of today's episode on, on how we can get more younger people in the political process. Joining me today is Justin Musella, who is the former chair of the Morris County Young Republicans and currently serves on the Parsippany Town Council. Justin, thank you for joining. Anthony, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate being here and joining your podcast. Yeah, well, we're I'm glad to have you. So you were elected last year to the Council of Parsippany, um, and you were a part of that wave where a lot of young young people were elected to various offices. Like on addition to that, you had uh, Katie Saracola, who's the former Bergen County Young Republicans chair. She won a race in Waldwick. And plus, you're seeing this year, uh, Matt Conlin, who's uh, the chair of the New Jersey Young Republicans. He's now running for council in West Milford. And so, and being on the council, you know, a lot of people in your community look up to you as, as a person of, the, uh, of trust, and especially with kids like little kids like elementary school or even the preschool. Now, how does that role feel to you? It's a tremendous honor to play a leading role in serving my community. Since the day that I announced my council run, I've always tried to be the leader uh, since that day to be the, the one that I look for others to be. And to answer your question, when people look up to you, it's a lot of pressure to not only right. meet, but to exceed the expectations that people set for you. But um, overall, I welcome it as, a, as th this process has really enabled me uh, to share my perspective in a way that I believe in, in my own town is changing hearts and minds. And then to also have role models uh, like the ones that you had suggested, it's uh, it's good to know that uh, you have some great company along the way that you can leverage for their input, their advice, and sharing some of the best practices with you. Right. Um, so you've been on the council now for half a year. How do you like it so far? I like it. It has been quite an experience unlike any other in my life. Uh, you're, you're right, I'm six months into living out what a year ago seemed like a dream. So I've been hard at work making our township a better place and moving it forward by being that person who has uh, a lot of new ideas and solutions to meet the challenges and problems that a town like Parsippany faces and were like many other towns in the state of New Jersey that are, are dealing with um, a state government that wants to have more and more of a say and take away local autonomy. You're dealing with regulations and prohibitive red tape that can make it very difficult to develop a 
free market enterprise and, and business culture in our township. So these are some of the, the challenges that I face, but you do this because you want to solve those challenges head on. Right. So what would you say has been the hardest challenge being on the council? The hardest challenge on council right now is, and I had alluded to this, um, it's realizing that in New Jersey, through bad legislation over many decades, has slowly taken away uh, your ability to make decisions at the local level. I think that um, all decisions, um, if they can be made at the state level, be made at the state level, if they can be made at the county level, county level, and then ultimately at the local level is best because those elected leaders know how to make those value judgments on allocating resources, what is most important to their constituents. And one specific problem that we face, and it, and it is very disheartening that there's very little you can do with it, is the, the Mount Laurel Doctrine. Um, the Mount right. Laurel Doctrine, for those who are listening that, that aren't aware of it, it is essentially taxpayer subsidized housing and it forces these large apartment complexes uh, into municipalities, in particular the suburbs where local zoning and, and planning rules um, are practically ineffective. And as a result, you have the characters, the character of a, of a township like ours transcending more and more to that of a city because over the next four years, we're going to have almost 5,000 new apartment units coming online. And there's very little that we can do to stop it. So that's been my biggest challenge so far on the township council. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up Mount Laurel because a lot of uh, towns in New Jersey deal with the Mount Laurel doctrine. And I'm really, so I'm really happy you brought that up. And a lot of people um, have to deal with it, um, especially the taxpayer. So... Being the former chair of the Morris County Young Republicans, um, you also the whole organization, and uh, in recruiting new members is always, you know, like a member out, and then new members come in uh, with their. Are you able to recruit new members, let's say, not even at all, or maybe they're just people who always were interested, but they're looking for a way to get involved? Well, that's a great question. And as the, the MCYR chair, it wasn't me alone. Um, but in my, my second year as chair, we grew the membership from um, almost 40 members to uh, about 90 when I had left. And we were able to achieve that goal um, by two things. The first thing is number one, by meeting younger people where they're at, that's at the bars, at the uh, at the downtowns, such as the the, the Marstown, and having events there that um, were easy to get to, and and there's a sizable uh, uh, younger demographic in, in that area, um, and so that was great, appealing to the, the audience by having events that uh, were festive, were fun. Um, and then number two is by talking about what they're interested in. 
young people at, at any pretty much uh, point uh, throughout human history have always worried about opportunity. What is the opportunity that their parents are leaving them that they will go and be able to pursue? So we've had a lot of people, um, and, and I was I was chair. Um, uh, I'm not chair anymore, uh, but when when I was at the helm, uh, we were there during President Trump's um, uh, term, and that was uh, a. a a way in, uh, in which a lot of people felt very passionate to get involved because a lot of what he was saying was resonating with them and they wanted to support the cause, help the effort in a state uh, like New Jersey. And so as a consequence, we had our ranks grow um, by doing those two things, by, by having good events in areas uh, where there is a lot of younger people and number two is making sure that any of our speakers would be talking about issues that were relevant to them. Right. Um, and I like how you brought up um, about, um, President Trump. So that kind of leads me to my next question. Because like, cause like myself, um, I got involved in the Trump wave in 2016, uh, knowing that, uh, well, if the election went the other way, then our country would have you know, gone down the drain. And so that's why I got involved at the beginning of 2016, but I wasn't the only one. There was a lot of other people who got involved because of Trump, just like how in the past two years, a lot of people, especially uh, moms, who got involved because they, you know, they don't want their kid to um, like get, get vaccinated. It's, it's their prerogative. They're the parents. Um, but you see a lot of more like moms getting involved with the COVID pandemic, and just like how with Trump, with the, with the 2016 election, how things resonated to them. So how often are we going to see events like this, where like, where, where certain events happen, like the COVID pandemic or the election of Donald Trump? Like, how is that, how can those people get riled up and then increase membership? How often will, will events like that happen? It, it's very hard to say. Um, if I, if I had a crystal ball uh, or you had asked me if, if you thought I would win in my election, I probably would have told you no. But <laughs> nah. I was I was very fortunate that fate had different plans uh, in store for me. The reality is elections bring out the worst and the best in people. Emotions can rise to their uh, their highest extent yeah. and people can often uh, let their, their passions get to the best of them. And in my own election, I've seen some, I, I saw and was a victim of some of the most personal and vicious attacks that were leveled against um, my, my running mates and I, but we ran an, an, an overwhelmingly positive campaign. And I do think that in this day and age, it is, it, it is possible to rise above and I think you do that by talking about what are the ideas and solutions that are going to change and impact the ordinary citizen in their well-being. In a town like Parsippany, we spoke about the mismanagement going out at Town Hall. We spoke about the overdevelopment, such as the Mount Laurel Doctrine that I brought up before. Mm -hmm. And we also brought up the overtaxation of residents 
that is not only a New Jersey, pro not only a Parsippany problem, but it's also a, a New Jersey problem. So the way that we fix this is we get back to running on our ideas and solutions and how we can change the direction moving forward for people in a way that impacts them financially, impacts them as a family unit, and selling them on our message. Right. Uh, so in your opinion, uh, what is the easiest way to get involved? The easiest way to get involved depends on what you have to contribute. If you have an idea or solution like I did that mm -hmm. you want to bring to your town's attention, run for office. There, There is no, um, you know, the funny thing about being a Republican is that you don't really have to wait your turn in line, uh, your, uh, your turn in line for that long. <laughs> if you want to run, you right. can, you can pretty much run, which is, uh, it's a, it's a great luxury afforded to uh, somebody that's a member of the uh, a minority party in New Jersey. But um, if you want to help people who think like you get elected and the political arena is not for you, then you can do three things. You can donate your money, which helps in a, in a very large way. You can donate your time, such as door knocking, um, canvassing, making phone calls, and then also your, your energy, helping share their message on Facebook and social media to the people that are in your network who, the, who might not know them, who, who might not have heard uh, the message of somebody running for office. But on a basic level, getting involved is the easiest thing you can do because it costs you nothing. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and you look at like the people who, you know, and, and not necessarily because when I was in um, in college, when I ran, and people were complaining about how when when the student government association wasn't doing anything, and these the thing that we would say, well, if you're not happy with what the SGA is doing, then run for SGA and be that voice to make that change. And even if you're just in like a regular position, like if you're just just a volunteer, or if you're just a um, a member of your local Republican club, most of most of the time those members don't think that they're making a big impact when in reality they're making a really, really big impact in their local community. So next um, for the people that you think that, Oh yeah, well politics isn't for them or they really don't want to be involved. What's the best way to convince them? Well, first I would say that politics is for everybody because the decisions that are, are made supposedly on your behalf, often have a very large impact in what you are able to do in the freedom that you have to make a decision. So I think everybody in, in particular now is feeling it um, because of the gas prices, the inflation that is really eating into their pocketbooks where people are waking up and they're realizing, how did we get here? Because unfortunately, the, the effects of bad policy don't come within a few years. They take a long time to develop. And once they're here, it's easy to understand what the, the problem is, but it's more difficult as to how do we build a, a solution that is going to reverse those effects. 
So that's why I think everybody should be concerned uh, about politics, number one. But number two, the, the best way to, to, the best way to uh, convince them is I would tell them that they have everything to gain by voting for the right people and everything to lose by sitting it out so that the wrong people can win. Yeah, um, yeah. So I know that's how on a lot of their people in the Republican Party usually vote. You because usually when their back primary candidate doesn't win, then they'll say, "Oh, well, not only who's running now, and now they won't even vote for them." But I'm pretty sure um, Republicans have that problem more of a de- big deal than Dems, since well, I'm, and since it's once their their person their person loses, they wouldn't want to do. That and uh, it's it's something that you know we as, as Republicans we always have to keep on um, like letting people know. Okay, well if you if you don't you know if you don't vote for this person now in the general, then you know um, don't complain. I guess um, since I know a lot of you know there are a lot of people who just sit on the sidelines and critique, but it's more people. I would say like you like we both agree on is that it's, it's important to actually you know be you know, able to have a say is that being on the sidelines. Yeah. And, and I think that whenever you have a divisive primary, um, it's the job and the responsibility of the candidate to bring people together. Ultimately, they are captain of the ship and they set the course for the party. So I, I do hear what you're saying, but I think that that is a, is a real leadership moment after a primary where you bring everybody together and we have to realize what the the larger danger is here. The larger danger is that if we sit home on election day because we don't get the perfect candidate, then the chances of having bad laws, uh, massive amounts of taxation um, come into our lives and, and that threat becomes much more real. So the, the answer to your, your, your question is that um, in a state like ours, we, we have nowhere to go as, as Republicans. You know, the, we, we are the minority party. So the way that we get out of this is certainly not by being divided amongst ourselves, but it's by appealing to the independents, appealing to the soft Democrats by showing what is our vision for the state and how does that positively impact the average citizen in the state and how does it make their families' lives better? And I think as a party, what we have to do is we have to get back to talking about how we can help people and not how we can hurt one another in a competitive race. Right. I totally agree with you on that. Um, we have to keep on convincing people that, you know, it, it may not be the person you wanted, but you want better government than he is your guy. Um, Justin, thank you so much for joining. And I'm looking forward to having you on again in the future. Thank you, Anthony. I, I really appreciate your, your thoughtful questions. And I'd be delighted to come back. Thank you for having me. Awesome, Justin. Um, everyone watching, we'll see you next week. See you soon.